Evolutionary.org podcast coming away, episode 593. Today we're talking about T Bowl 2024 revisited. This is the updated version of information on T Bowl. We have a lot of requests from people out there to talk about these steroids and give some updated information. So the more people have used these compounds, the more you know our attitudes have changed on them over the years. And T-Bowl is one of the ones I think, Mobster, that has changed a lot as well. Because I think that back in the day, people, if you told people you went on the forums and you said you were using T-Bowl as a man, you got flamed. And people, you know, put you down or whatever. Now, I think over the past 10 years, the more people use T-Bowl, they want to realize, well, you know what? This, this stuff does have a purpose. And I think it has to do with 15, 20 years ago, everybody was permabulking. Everybody just wanted to get big and strong. And that's not what T-Bowl is all about. T-Bowl is perfect. I'm going to give my opinion on this. Mops, you can give your opinion. But from, from, my, from my perspective, T-Bowl is perfect for those of us who've been full circle. We've done the whole strength training. We've done the whole permabulking. We've done the whole, I'm the biggest dude in the gym. I'm the strongest dude in the gym. Now we just want to maintain. Now we just want to stay nice and lean year round. We don't want side effects. We want to lead an active lifestyle. And T-Bowl is one of the few steroids out there, anabolic steroids, that doesn't mess around with that. It won't affect your endurance. It won't affect your workouts. It won't make you thirsty all day. It won't make you hungry all day. You see what I'm saying? So it's not going to mess around too much with what you're already doing, and it's not going to give you crazy side effects. So I have a lot of respect for T-Bowl. Um, Mobster, touch on that um, if you want, and maybe get into the history a little bit, because um, you know it's got a really interesting history when it comes to the Olympics in East Germany and the whole East versus West thing. So why don't you get into that? Yeah, I mean, Steve, I agree with you. I, I actually made a note as you were talking, and I said, slow grower. And so here's the thing, like Steve said, and I agree 100%. Um, there's there's a sentiment, I think, and we've all been guilty of this, as Steve said earlier on, of want to get big, want to get strong, want to be freaky looking, right? And so obviously we start to go, well, what's the best drug for that? What's the best steroid for that? What's, what's the best supplement for that? How can I train to be a beast? Right? And we're hungry and we're greedy, and that's the kind of stuff we want. So at some point, you have to accept that you're not going to get much bigger or much stronger, much more muscular. And that might mean for some person 300 pounds. It might mean for someone else 210 pounds, whatever. Okay? So you also start to understand and appreciate, and we're actually going to cover this in other shows that we recorded shortly, that the stronger drugs, the nastier drugs, the drugs that turn you into a proper freak, have side effects and the stronger and more nastier and the more freaky you get with the drug the stronger and the nastier the side effects it's as simple as abc it really is there's no mild steroid that blows you the fuck up and makes you bench 400 pounds when you used to bench 250 pounds there's strong drugs that do that there are obviously training and everything else but there are it doesn't work a doesn't equal b equals c that's not how it works so so here's the thing right I've said before on other shows when we've talked about it, because we're talking about 2024 updated here, but one of the things I've said is that T-Bowl is a guru's steroid. It really is, right? If you've got anyone that lays claim in the industry, such as it is, for performance enhancement, 
and we're specifically talking about performance-enhancing drugs then and medication or whatever you want to call it, then T-Bowl is the steroid of choice for gurus. It really is, okay? And we could talk about Anavar and uh, Tren and D-Bowl all day long. But why is it such a popular drug, vastly underrated for a long period of time, although that is changing, uh, by the users and the buyers versus the uh, gurus who looks at how a drug's been made and created, its form, its function, the chemical esters, the half-lifes, all that kind of stuff. And they and it, and it's it's one of those ones that they rate above what you would see gym bunnies, gym users doing. That's number one. So number two, the history, which is where these two forms join together. So I've said this on previous shows. I'll recap. Some years ago, and I'm just old enough to remember this, slightly older than and Steve's me in this particular regards, where I remember the specific media attention that was garnered by the absolute freaks that were coming out of Eastern Europe and the communist states. How bad it got, Steve, was you had this very muscular, very big uh, sort of uh, American football-sized athletes, and they were female, and the men were even bigger. And it literally got to the point of, and this is how bad and fucked up it is, especially in this day and age, when we talk about sexual identity as a thing and how you can choose how you be to be perceived, this is how fucked up this was. They, they were literally talking about, is this a man pretending to be a woman? And then there was there was actual conversations, and I believe this happened briefly, and then kind of calmed down and got sorted out, where they were, instead of the pee test, they, they were literally going into the bathroom and a doctor or the doctor surgery, whatever else, and they were making sure that the athlete was female when it was meant to be female and male when it was meant to be male. This is how muscular and strong and freaky looking, and um, specifically in the athletic side. So, for example, javelin, shot put, discus, and so on and so forth, where the power-to-weight ratio is quite it – needs, it needs to be kind of good. The middle distance stuff is the same when it comes to running. So the problem was you had state-sponsored steroid schemes. A lot of the athletes didn't know what the fuck was going on. You got a flat, mum and dad want a pension, take these tablets, you're doing it for the state, you're doing it for your mother country. And they blew the fuck up, and it's how bad it's got, Steve. There have been documentaries 10, 15 years ago where they've interviewed some of these athletes, and it kind of fucked them up. Permanent damage, the whole masculinization of some of the females. So because of the hoo-ha, because of the media attention, because of these sexual tests that needed to happen, shit needed sorting out put it crudely, and so you had a state-sponsored game of scheme. I think in the article that we're going to associate with it, it actually had a Stasi number coming out of East Germany, which was communist mother Russia supported East Germany, and they literally created a steroid, one of the true designer steroids, if you want to argue, because most designer steroids are merely adaptions of steroids that already existed. This was specifically created by the East German state with communist support to create a better athlete not roided to fuck, not blown up, not masculinized to within an inch of the poor woman's life or bloated fellas, 300 plus pounds that could barely walk around and were getting out of breath but could throw the javelin further than ever before. Literally, the, the, the designer steroids were specifically adapted, created, if you like, to enable athleticism, in other words, the power-to-weight ratio, without being the size of a fucking outside-door shithouse and looking like a man when it was a woman, and so on and so forth. So it's one of the few drugs that was created in that particular way. What it means in real terms for us bodybuilders and people that like to go to the gym and get in shape is that you 
maintain a, left, a level of athleticism, specifically cardiovascular. So it's not like the same as running a 5K or 10K, but giving you some cardiovascular ability without making you crazy, big, crazy, strong, whatever else. It differs in Anavar, and I like Anavar specifically, as you know, Steve, as a strength drug, in that, one, with Anivar, you are stronger. But with T-Bolt, you have that ability to project the power, throw the discus, throw the javelin, put the shot, but also to move around, to have that cardiovascular, the heart and lungs working in conjunction with the power. So it is more of a power drug than an overall strength drug, and certainly more of a power slash strength drug than a muscular size drug. And again, state-sponsored, even with the quote-unquote pro-hormone and designer steroid thing of 10, 15, 20 years ago, those were nearly always adaptions of steroids that had previously existed, and the person was mainly putting one steroid together with another steroid and then masking the fuck out of it. T-Bolt was a state-sponsored steroid literally created for one particular purpose. Nearly everything else that we talk about when it comes to steroids and even variations of some of those that no longer exist and nearly always to treat medical conditions. T-Bolt wasn't treating any medical condition. It was literally trying to create better athletes. Back to you, Steve. So let's get into um, like some of the some of the things when it comes to T-Bowl. Um, when it, a lot of people like to compare it with D-Bowl. And a lot of people will run D-Bowl and they'll be like, oh, I'm getting a lot of water retention. So, you know, one of the things you can do if you run D-Bowl and you're like, well, I liked it. I like what it was doing for me, but I don't want the water retention. I'm going to switch over to, to T-Bowl the next cycle. And that's another option for you. Now, we're going to talk about cycling and stacking it in a minute, but I just want people to understand the main difference between these two is that there's an added four chlor alteration with the T-Bowl. And that is what differentiates itself from D-Bowl. And Toronto Bowl, zero androgenic rating and a mild 53 anabolic rate ranking. Now, those numbers, those are, you know, the structural numbers, it doesn't necessarily translate to real life. But when it comes to T-Bowl, you're not going to get those androgenic side effects. But as Mobster talked about, though, when females were running the T-Bowl and when females were abusing T-Bowl back in those days, and today, if any females, we'll, we'll get a female every now and then posting, I ran T-Bowl, I got side effects. So obviously we know that there is a androgenic effects in females when you abuse it. So if you're a female, you don't want to run very much of T-Bowl. Um, if you have a girlfriend or wife or something who wants to run T-Bowl with you, I would put her on five milligrams a day, maybe even a little less and start there. I would not run it at 10 or 15 milligrams to start. So you're going to get in males an effect where you're going to get slow gains. Mobster mentioned the slow gains, but really yes. at the end of the day, a lot of you who run T-Bowl who are expecting something else are going to be disappointed with it. I'm just telling you this right now. So don't go into it with the mentality of, yeah, I'm going to put on 10 pounds or I'm going to put on no. even five pounds. No. Don't go into it that you're going to have this explosive increase in strength. Again, like I said at the beginning, it's for people who have gone full circle, who just want to maintain and who want to get a nice effect to their training some more vascularity, some more cutting, some more effects in a boost in their cardio from the boost in red blood cell. So it's just little, little, little changes 
that will go a long way when you really know your body. Go ahead, Mom. Sorry, we'll talk about yeah, nursing. I, I, and- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it subtle, Steve. I mean, Anavar, again, is the one that can give you horrendous pumps. Debo, we get a feel-good factor of. And there's certain steroids we go, I said, I want to blow up. I'll take this. I want to I want to, I want to go full bore. I'm going to use tread. I, I want to be aggressive in the gym. I'm going to use halo testing and so on. Right? Tebow's not like that. And I think there's, there might be, as you touched upon, especially with the, with the ladies, but to a lesser degree with the men, this is not a drug that you can double or triple up on and expect to gain double or triple the gains. It just doesn't work like that. And if I if I was a lean, muscular, let's say I was 200, 220 pounds, Steve, and I want four or five pounds of clean, lean, muscular tissue, a little bit more vascularity, and zero effects on my cardiovascular. And let me uh, I'll cover that as well, brief. Right? Then I'm going to use the correct dosage to get what I want. Double or triple just doesn't work that you're going to get double or triple the gains. Here's the thing, and this is another reason why T-Bowl should be more popular than this, but has also grown in popularity. Every single time I've gained any meaningful amount of body weight, that might be, for example, on a, on a D-Bowl cycle, up to 10 pounds, and retained, as typical for me, Steve, six pounds, it takes me typically two to three months, about 60 to 90 days to adapt to the new body weight. So if I've gone from 200 to 300, it's going to take me three months to get used to being 300 pounds. It just is. That's just because all that tissue sitting on my bones, my support tissue, my structure, my tendons, my connective with my back, it's going to be me huffing and puffing when I'm carrying a shopping home, all that kind of shit. T-bowl doesn't work like that. T-bowl is going to stick four, maybe five pounds, probably less than four pounds, but it's all going to be functional. And I'm not going to be fucked. I'm going to feel conditioned on it. I'm going to feel okay on it. Now, as Steve said, and we talk about this on all of our shows when we talk about cycling and dosing and whatever else, this would be an absolutely amazing drug if, for example, male or female, I did CrossFit up to a certain level. Uh, I'd obviously want to look at other things as well and obviously keep my conditioning on point no matter what. But doubling or tripling the dose for a woman, doubling up on the dose for a man, no, no, and no. There is literally... When we do this, when we talk about Anavar again, the sweet spot, there is zero need. And I, I'm absolutely zero point, really, Steve, doubling or tripling the doses and going, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And of course, any drug, including Tyranobol, is going to come with the potential for side effects. Now, and specifically, as Steve said in men, and this is why, bizarrely, it kind of crazy because of why it was created in the first place. He was getting these crazy levels of masculinization because of steroids that the female athletes back in the 70s and 80s were on anyway. And Tebow was created to negate some of that. But again, only at the dose that was prescribed. Only at the dose that the studies, and there were studies, they, the scientists weren't telling the athletes much, Steve, but they were keeping notes. And they were saying, listen, this athlete's performing out of their skin on this amount. And then when we gave them more, they didn't get any better. The same thing applies to people listening to this podcast. There is no point risking the potential for side effects by using crazy dosages when the effective dosage is so goddamn good, Steve. That's this kind of point. This, I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I'm speaking specifically to our female listeners. I, I, there's, the female listeners are going to be no different from the men in the desire to want to perform out of their skin, to be more muscular, to be stronger, to be leaner, to be faster, and so on and so forth. There's no different. Zero difference. But the risk associated with doubling the dose are that much worse, which is precisely why we, we do these podcasts, even as you know, to be timeless. 
and we want the advice you need to be solid as fuck. So when we do get into, as we will shortly, cycling and dosing, what we want is that perfect combination of effective dosing, great results in the gym, muscle added, great condition, and we try to keep, without our, our suggestions, the side effects to the absolute minimum they possibly can be. It's super, super important. And again, we understand it. We've been those crazy, want to be strong, want to be bull, want to be whatever, freaky kind of muscular stuff back in the day. We get it. We know that's what the younger listeners are going to be like right now. It's our older, wiser heads are coming in with this information. And again, state-sponsored, specifically created for these particular reasons to make sure that this crazy fucked up stuff doesn't happen by going crazy on the dosages. When you have, and I think it's like 20,000 plus athletes, Steve, at an Olympic Games, more at the Arnold Classic in terms of total athletes, you've got a, a, a two, three hundred man, women squad coming in from Russia and America and so on and so forth. That's a lot of people to work with. And these are the very highest level athletes in the world. They're literally chosen at birth sometimes, more or less from school age, to go and perform at the Olympic levels. And then you're giving them the drugs. So if you're not a crazy fucked up Dr. Frankenstein, you are keeping notes. You are seeing what works best. You are seeing what works for the majority of athletes. You're literally measuring the percentages of strength that have engaged, where their heart and lungs and blood pressure are and all that kind of good stuff that we want as people that are interested in PEDs. And so when we talk about the when we talk about cycling, it's coming from that level of information to get the information to you, to make you be better. I mean, ultimately, at some point, Steve, and people have even pointed this out to me, I'm 300 plus pounds. Uh, there is no old 300 plus pound motherfuckers. And I make sure when I'm good to go that I get my daily steps in to keep my heart and my lungs where it's supposed to be. There's no point me being a big, strong motherfucker who can't walk anywhere or do shit. So as Steve says, you get to that point where you want the function, the form and the function to be balanced. You want to be kind of healthy as you possibly can while you're still using PEDs. You want your diet to be clean inside it, and you realize that these things are important. Tebow is almost, in that particular regard, Steve, the perfect steroid for those things. Back to you. So let's get into dosing. Everyone wants to know how to use these uh, steroids. And you know, I talked about in the last segment for females, how you can use it now from let's let's focus on males um so if you're going to use t-bowl um using it solo is an option but here's the thing if you use it solo because of the way it works in the body it's not going to be as effective but you're still going to have results i've used it solo before i've done um where i've gone like six weeks where i focus just on cardio body weight exercising, um, stuff like that. Like, let's say you're a CrossFit athlete. Let's say you just want to do like you for, for six weeks, just do yoga to improve your flexibility, your mobility, stuff like that. And you're taking in, or let's say you're a weightlifter, but you're not looking to, as mobster touched on, you're not looking to really improve your strength that much. Now, if you've never used steroids before and you go on T-Bowl, your strength will go up, even if you use it solo. I just want to be clear on that. But if you've been using other steroids before, let's say you use trend or you use testosterone or anything androgenic, and then now you're going to do a T-Bowl only cycle, you're going to be like, well, 
it's not really doing much for me. I might as well just go back to using Trend. You see what I'm saying? So it's all about perspective. But let's say you use it solo. It's your first time using T-Bowl. You can get some really good results. And the nice thing about it is you go, you know, use it for about six weeks, maybe seven weeks. You can run it anywhere from 20 up to 50 milligrams a day. Make sure you're using liver support. It is liver toxic since it is 17 alpha alkylated. And then you can get some good results on that stack solo. But when you have it, when you use it, let's say you're going to use a, another cycle and you want to stack T-Bowl. And that's where T-Bowl can really help you. In fact, when I use Trend and T-Bowl together, Mobster, is when I hit all-time personal records in strength and size. Yep. And the nice thing about T-Bowl is it's very mild, so it works really good with an androgen. So in this case, using T-Bowl as a mild steroid with a very strong, harsh androgenic steroid is a good yin and yang effect. Now, the same holds true with orals. You can use T-Bowl with D-Bowl. It's a classic stack as an oral. You can do 20 to 25 milligrams of D-Bowl and 20 to 25 milligrams of T-Bowl. And it comes out to about 40 to 50 milligrams total. You can use them together. And you won't likely need an AI because T-Bowl does have some anti-estrogen properties. Although I would not treat it as an AI because it's not an AI. But it does have some, uh, some, some help when it comes to that. Um, if you're using 500 milligrams of testosterone with T-Bowl, is T-Bowl going to be your AI? Is it going to be an anti-estrogen enough to prevent estrogenic side effects? I can pretty much guarantee you the answer is no. So you're still yeah. going to need to add an AI in that situation. So it just depends on what you're running. Same thing if you're running it with D-Bowl. If you're running too much D-Bowl or you're sensitive to estrogen, it may not uh, may not help you with that. But for most of you, you can get away with it. Or you can do like a two-to-one ratio. You can run 40 milligrams of T-Bowl. 20 milligrams of D-Bowl. So there's lots of different ways to stack it, but it, it stacks really good in, in with anything that's estrogenic or anything that's androgenic to give a nice yin and yang effect. So I had really good results. I ran, when I ran it with Trend, I ran anywhere from 250 to 350 a week of Trend. And I ran <clears throat> around 30 to 40 milligrams of T-Bowl. And I hit PRs. Go ahead, Monster. Yeah, from the from the female perspective, and as, assuming it was running it solo, as Steve described earlier on, 20 to 50 milligrams a day, fellas, you're looking at roughly 2.5 to 7.5 milligrams per day. So a, approximately one ninth slash one tenth of the dose that a man would use. And again, this is if you were running it solo. I would actually suggest, as with any steroid, um, and we talk about having steroid experience, and I also say to some and this is especially on the forums, I'll say something like, you don't have to try every sweetie in a jar. You literally don't have to work your way down a list of steroids to, to, to end up with some experience of that. That's the reason for these podcasts and for the articles that we create, saving you the trouble. But by the same token, uh, and I think it's more with the women than the men in this particular regards, I want you to have some knowledge of how your body responds. So I'm always going to suggest a lower amount. In this example for the ladies, 2.5 milligrams. And then obviously, if it feels okay, you can go to five, then go to seven and a half, just to see how you respond and find what's a sweet spot for you. Same thing for men. I almost prefer you to run uh, specific steroids, and especially the more potent ones, solo. And typically, for example, in the more potent injectable steroids, I'd prefer you to use the shorter esters for the same reason. Let's see how you, if it fucks you up, 
it's quicker and quicker out. If it's long acting and it fucks you up, oh man, I'm going to be stuck with this sense and feeling for days. So I want you to know how you respond to certain steroids, the dosage that works for you, and so on and so forth. And I use Anavar as an, an analogy. Again, Steve, 50 milligrams is a sweet spot for pretty much 90% of our listeners. D-Bowl sweet spot is somewhere between 30 and 50 milligrams. Here, we're talking 20 to 50 for men and two and a half to seven and a half for women. And again, that should be the sweet spot for 90% of you listening. We've, we've had um, forum members, female, that have used Trent and, and looked absolutely fucking freaky on it. Uh, but that would not be, that's like one in a hundred. So you need to know how you respond, how you feel, how you're going to get on when you're using anything. In terms of half-life, it's huge, specifically for an oral steroid. Very few oral steroids have a long half-life, if, if any. And I'm thinking here, Steve, 16 half-life, uh, 16 hours, sorry, is a half-life for an oral steroid. It's quite long. And I think perhaps that was, again, part of the design process. Um, you can be you're surprised at how long you can be on the field when you're doing this athletic stuff. It ain't just come out, run the track, throw the thing, and then pop off back in. You need to be kind of ready and timetables get moved around. So you need to be able to perform when you need to be able to perform. So that I actually think it was probably part of the design process to have a long acting 16 hour half-life, the majority of the daylight part of the day. So no matter when you were scheduled, if they change the schedule, you're ready to rock and roll. So that's another aspect of the designer stuff in terms there. In terms of splitting dosages and whatever else, Steve, just because uh, one to two doses per day seems to be perfect in this particular regards. And then, like Steve said, there are combinations that there are. There are other uh, injectable and or oral steroids that can enhance some aspects of your athletic ability. Um, and in the terms I'm thinking, for example, T-Bowl as perhaps part of a competition stack, I can see, even though it's long-acting in terms of the half-life, I can see this perhaps into the middle or towards the end of a competition stack where you're looking to add polish and bring in detail for the muscular physique. Uh, but on the other hand, People tend towards, and I said this at the beginning of the show, we, we all like the crazy stuff. We all like to see what's out there. People always seem to find uh, something entertaining and seeing what the crazy dosages top athletes are doing. But ultimately, and T-Bow is a great example of this, we're really looking for the steroid, the PED, that's going to create the best version of us. And I think T-Bow, again, super, super unrated in that particular regards. But like Steve, I think especially, and maybe... Perhaps me and Steve are having a little bit of an influence. It's becoming, we see the traction on this. We see people asking more questions about this than we did maybe five or six years ago, Steve. Certainly since I've been doing these shows with you and people are showing way more interested in it than before and realising it actually has something to contribute to, to what we do when it comes to performance enhancement. Back to you. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, um, give T-Ball a shot. It's a really good one. Low side effects. Um, it, you know, and it's it's works really good in a stack. And one of the prime reasons it works so good in a stack was is that it does a really good job of binding to SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. So it may like if you're running it with Trend or running it with Tess or running it with Debo, it makes the other steroids in your stack work even better. And that that's really nice when it comes to T-Bowl. So it's a good addition to the stack yes, without inc without increasing side effects any further. And that's a really cool little tool to have in there. It's sort of like Proviron, but it's like, it's like actually, I would consider it a big brother of Proviron because it does more for you than, than just adding Proviron. So if you've ever, if you're one of those people who like, likes to add Proviron in your cycles, next 
couple cycles, add T-Bowl instead. And I think you'll be like, wow, I'm getting better results. I'm getting more muscle, lean muscle mass. I'm getting more strength on T-Bowl without additional side effects. It works better than Proviron because it does the good things that Proviron does plus more. So it's a really, really good a steroid. And uh, whoever came up with it really, really did a brilliant job with it, I think. So, Mobster, uh, finish your final thoughts. I think it's the screen. I think it was a great show. Well, they were definitely motivated, Steve. <laughs> if you're living in some kind of shithole <laughs> and not a master of science, and then the, the state gives you medals and a pension and puts your mum and dad in a nice warm flat and you don't have to worry about food anymore, there's certainly a kind of motivation in the 70s and 80s to get the job right. And there's also, and this is a master of science stuff, Steve, and I just touched on this as the finish of the show. Uh, all, all joking aside in terms of how the Russians were treating their people and whatever, and the communist state, uh, America was no different at the time. Everybody wanted to kick everybody else's ass. But here's the truth also, right? Masters of science, masters of sport, they they want their country to do well. They want their athletes to do well. And they were going out there, same as Steve and I, when we do these shows and we say to our listeners, we want you to add muscle. We want you to get strong. We want you to be more muscular. We want you to be more ripped. That's what we do these shows for. These fellas... All joking aside, that's exactly why they were doing it, Steve. They took an enormous amount of pride outside of the other pluses of creating better athletes, better uh, shot putters, better discus throwers, and so on and so forth. And 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 being able to turn around and say that they were well into that, that's just a bonus on top, Steve. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.